Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. Thank you, Josh. Let's give Josh a round of applause for an incredible MC slot and uh, encouraging us this morning. So uh, as... um, Josh said we are currently on holidays and so are our senior pastors. So pastors Errol and Sue are currently on holidays, um, being refreshed, putting their feet up, um, spending time with God as they normally do, but just are able to focus to um, encourage, to hear from God so we can move into our next season as a church. And so it's my privilege to come and to share with you um, what God has put on my heart for today. Um, So those who are here in person and those who are listening online, I pray that your hearts are open um, to hear from God, um, not from me, but from God. So um, let's begin. Let's open in prayer. Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to share. God, I thank you that it's not just something made up, but is from your word and your word is powerful like a double-edged sword, that it will go into each person's heart, into my heart, that we won't stay the same, Lord Jesus, that you would maybe pick one thing within our lives that we can grow, we can develop, we can be challenged, we can be encouraged, Lord Jesus, so we can share your love to a hurting world. So we thank you for that in your name, Jesus. Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Let it be so. So my whole life, my 31 years, I'm sure even before that, my father would tell and joke around with, wait for it, a dad joke. Well, not just one, jokes, plural. Come on. Thank you. And I know there's plenty of dads out here who love a good dad joke. I'm not going to share one because I'm not a father um, and I destroy jokes to start with. So I either remember the punchline and can't tell you the joke or remember the joke and can't remember the punchline. Either way, you're laughing at me. So (laughs) that's a great joke. But he would whip out those one-liners and um, at the dinner table or in the car, wherever we might be, and we would just be laughing in hysterics um, or and read with embarrassment. We're like, oh, dad, as the older I get, I'm like, oh yeah. Some of them are actually quite funny. Um, My dad is quite quick witted, but it's not the only thing I remember about him. Now this isn't a eulogy. He's still alive guys. So don't worry. Um, (laughs) Thought I should tell him how amazing he is before he, no. Um, Sorry, dad. But it's not the only thing I remember about my father. He created a space for me to become my best self, to grow and develop and to try new things. And if I wanted to have a go at something, he'd let me have a go. Um, And throughout my whole life, I've been extremely blessed by my father. He's a pretty good father. Um, He would save me from being stuck in a tree. I love to climb trees and he would either coax me down with words or come and get me from that tree. For me, it felt like he climbed up this huge tree, but really I'm sure the tree was only this high because I was this short. Um, I remember one time my sister was annoying me um, as little sisters do and so I bit her and (laughs) so my father bit me back. He's like, hey, it's not okay to bite someone here. This is what it feels like. Um, I never bit her again, uh, which is, you know, I've been changed and transformed by the Father's love. (laughs) Um, And I remember um, Dad would take me out on daddy-daughter dates. He wanted me to know my worth. He's like, come on, Dad, let's go out um, to a restaurant. And he would 
like, give me the menu and just say, don't look at the price, pick whatever you want. I'm like, yes. But the worst part was my favourite dish was a good old um, ribs and rump or reef and beef because I loved the, the sauce that went on the steak. And at the time, I didn't like the prawns. So I'm like, Dad, you can have the prawns, which he loved. And I had the steak. So, um, but he treated me a prin- like a princess. And, um, but my most memorable experience about my father was when he walked me down the aisle on my wedding day where I got to marry the man of my dreams, Ethan, and um, who, dad was entrusting me with my soon-to-be and now husband. And I am so blessed by them both. And now I have another father, my father-in-law, who I'm extremely blessed by. My dad, he wasn't perfect, but he was my dad and he was a pretty good one at that. And I'm super thankful for him. But in all of that, a few years ago, I came to a point in my life where I found that I questioned his love for me. Nothing that he did, but there was such a small thing um, that I'd done, but I was so scared that he wouldn't love me anymore. I'd actually lost sight of my identity and his unconditional love and forgiving love towards me. How could I think of my father like that? And if I think of my earthly father like that, what view do I have of my heavenly father who is abundantly more amazing? The Bible is clear about our relationship with God, the father. He is our father and we are his children. In fact, God is identified as Father over 265 times in the New in Scripture, and most of them are found in the New Testament. Because through Christ, we have a new identity as adopted children of God, and we can find that in Romans 8, 15 to 16. It says this, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, But you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join with him in saying these words of tender affection. Beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. How amazing is that church, isn't it? The word father, though, for many people, um, for everyone, conjures up different emotions and feelings. For some, father is associated with laughter and joy. For others, it's that absence or rejection. And this is why it's so important for us to grasp a full understanding of who God is. He's not just a father, an earthly father, but he's our heavenly father, a perfect father, a good father, a loving father. In scripture, we can read a story of a father who embraces both of his sons who had very different views of him, of who they were to him. So today we're going to learn about the prodigal son. Now don't switch off. But kids, 
Can you show me a wave if you're in the building today, kids? Okay, so I know that normally at Kids Church, um, the talk, the word that the leaders share are aimed at you. So today, instead of hearing me read 32 verses, which would be an honour, I found a clip from Saddleback Church um, about the prodigal son to show you. So church, would you have an open heart, a childlike spirit this morning as we listen um, and watch about the prodigal son? Thank you, Ben. Stories of the Bible, the prodigal son. This is Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love. He healed many people from their sickness, performed many miracles like calming storms, and even raised people from the dead. Jesus taught everyone about God's love. All kinds of people would come to hear Jesus speak, including tax collectors and people who made bad choices. This made the Pharisees and Jewish leaders mad. Ah, yuck. They didn't think that Jesus should be around these kind of people. So Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, Um, excuse me? I want my share of your estate now, before you die. Okay. So his father agreed and gave his son his inheritance. A woohoo! A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings. See ya! And moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. Aw, man! And he began to starve. Hey, you! He convinced a local farmer to hire him. Thank you! And the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the food he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Finally, he said to himself, At home, even the servants have food enough to spare, and here I'm dying of hunger. I know. I will go home to my father and apologize and ask him to take me on as a servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. Sir! His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. 
When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. Huh? Hey, you! And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Woohoo! All right! Party time! All right! Yahoo! The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. Oh, man! But he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after wasting your money, you celebrate by giving him a great feast. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. What a great story. And it's not just a story, but it's a powerful message. So the title of my message this morning is A Loving Father. So the parable that Jesus shared in Luke 15 shows a loving father who is to be celebrated. And from this scripture, I have found seven qualities this father has displayed and would love to share them with you. And I also want to encourage you that these same seven qualities that this Father displays, our Heavenly Father bestows them upon you and I today. So the first quality that I notice is of generosity. And in verse 12, it said, The young son came to the father and said, Father, do you think it's, um, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. So in essence, the father was just told that his son wished he was dead so that the son could receive his inheritance. So what did the father do? He grabbed that boy by the ear and said, how dare you be so disrespectful and you're such an ungrateful child? No, the father, what did the father do? He treated his son kindly with generosity. It's not always easy to treat other people kindly or respectfully, but a generous person doesn't let other people's actions determine their own or define their own. They choose to be generous instead of stingy, a kind word instead of a hateful one. No matter how the person feels, um, they respond and act. And God is generous towards you and I, even in our petty, selfish ways. Matthew seven eleven says, If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask? See, our heavenly Father loves us unconditionally and treats us with kindness and generosity. And that's the first Um, quality I see. The second quality is that God is a provider. In verse 17, it says, humiliated, the son finally realised what he was doing and thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. 
Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? See, a good father may not always show up in his superhero cape, but he is always there for his kids and they can count on that. I remember when we just moved to Bundaberg um, and we started at um, the Christian College. I was about year two. And I remember one moment, um, you know, you might have eaten too much baked beans the night before or at lunch and I just felt something was about to, you know, just let rip. And uh, I got a little bit more than I bargained for in my pants. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. I'm at this new school and... I just, like, what do I do? And so we called my parents and, you know, deep down I was hoping my mum would come. But lo and behold, a man riding on a um, valiant knight riding through was, no, he wasn't. He just walked through. But it was my father. He came with a spare pair. I was saved from embarrassment and I didn't have to stay in those for the rest of the day. I had a fresh pair. Um, But... My father saved me, even in my embarrassment. I knew that one of my parents, my father, would come and save me. The prodigal son, even in that moment of embarrassment for him about eating the pig slop, even in that moment of embarrassment, he knew that he could count on his father, that he was a provider, that even the servants of the house were provided for. See, church, our Heavenly Father provides for you and for me, not just for our daily needs, as Jesus says in Matthew 6, 31 to 33. So don't worry about these things saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give everything you need. He provides for our daily needs. But God also provides a rescue from sin. Just like the son needed rescuing from his situation. Romans 5.8 tells us that God clearly shows and proves His own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, you know, still helpless and powerless to provide our own salvation, Christ died for us. God is our provider. Our Father is our provider. The third quality I noticed in this Scripture is that the Father had compassionate love. In verse 20, it said, So the young son set off for home, From a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. I love the image of compassionate love these verses show us of this father. The father didn't just sit back in his chair waiting for his son to straddle up the road and say, I told you so. He, the father, he was a good father. He, as soon as he saw that son, he raced towards him so that the son did not have to take another step alone, that he could be with him. His compassionate love towards his son moved him to action. And it's the same with our father in heaven. 
Psalms 34, sorry, verse 18 says, The Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain and He is always ready to restore the repentant one. Sometimes as Christians, we might feel like we might be in a yo-yo relationship with God that according, you know, if we, um, according to our performance, that if we're being good, that God loves us. If we're being bad or having bad thoughts, God won't love us. But church, that's a lie. You know, when we sin, we are not alone in that sty. We are there in His arms. The loving Father sent His Son so that we did not have to be alone. The next quality that I see of this loving Father is forgiving, a restorer of identity. In verse 21, the Son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your Son. Just let me be. But the father interrupted and said, son, you are now home. You know, the son had prepared this big speech to say to his father, you know, to come back as a slave and and not as a son. But the first words of the father was son. He restored his identity. Church, we are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are sons and daughters of a loving Father. You know, He is a good Father. And in this image, we don't just see forgiveness. We see that restoration of identity. The Holy Spirit is constantly reminding you and I that we are His children. He reminds us of our identity. In Galatians 4 verse 6, it says, And so that we would know for sure that we are His true children. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, My Father, You are our true Father. The world is trying to rob us of our identity. And you can see that so clearly in our young people. It's trying to um, rob us of our identity and warp the view that we should have. But today, let's declare I declare over you today that you are sons and daughters. You are princes and princesses of a king, of a father who loves you dearly today. Amen. Amen. So not just a provider, not just a compassionate love, but I also see a gracious and merciful father, someone who restores worth. Verse 22, it says, Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger. And bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead and gone, But now he is alive again. Once he was lost and now he is found. Oh, what a powerful scripture. See, only a good father would throw a prodigal son a party when he returns. You know, the father had every right to punish this son of his, to let him live like a slave. But the heart of the father was that his son would remember his worth. 
The father reminded him through displaying grace and mercy towards his son. Grace being that free and unmerited favour of our God and mercy, compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone with whom it's, they've got power to punish. See, the son, he received grace, being that he received what he didn't deserve, the robes, the rings, and then he received mercy, being that he didn't receive what he should have. He received forgiveness, not punishment. Our Heavenly Father bestows that towards us, grace and mercy towards His children. He wants us to know our worth, that we're not worthless. We are worth His Son, Jesus. That is the value of you and I today. A loving Father I see is also attentive I found um, in verse 28 and 29, it says, The oldest son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, Come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, Father, listen. Father, listen. Through words spoken and words unspoken, Only a good father listens to the heart of his children. At different moments in my life, um, I have become so anxious and so overwhelmed, so um, worried that even my body has um, manifested things. So I've had like hives because I've stressed so much. And God doesn't want that for you and I. You know, sometimes... In those moments, I'd be so anxious and, and my dad, he, I'd just be like, blah, 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 I'm so anxious and so worried. And, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, just stop. Breathe. Just stop. Breathe. And then he would remind me of how big our God is. He would remind me of scriptures, of faith. He would put into perspective how little my worries were compared to the great God that we serve. Amen. And my father listened to my heart. And on a side note, um, it's something that made me fall in love with my husband even more because he does the same thing. He's like, Michelle, stop. (laughs) Breathe. I was like, ah. (laughs) In Jeremiah 29, verses 12 to 14, it says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. The Lord listens, church. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. You will find God, church. When I will be found by you, declares the Lord, I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and I'll bring you home again to your own land. See, God not only listens, He hears. He hears our heartbeat, our cry, our hurting and our pain. He hears and He listens and He comforts and restores. He hears you today, church. A loving Father in this verse, but our loving Father is generous. Our loving Father is our provider, not our work, not the, um, the, yeah, not our workplaces, but our God is our provider. Compassionate love 
Our Father is forgiving. He restores our identity. Our loving Father is gracious, merciful. He's that restorer of worth. Our loving Father is attentive. He not only listens, He hears our deepest cry. And number seven, our loving Father has wisdom. He provides a realignment of thinking. In verse 31, the Father said, My son, you are always with me by my side. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this and be overjoyed because this brother of yours was once dead and gone, but now he is alive back with us again. He was lost, but now he is found. The father heard his son's heart's cry and realised through wisdom that he needed to realign his son's thinking. Like me, I was living out of law and not grace. How could my father love me? But he's so good. And if I think of my earthly father like that, if I view my heavenly father, how could he love me? <coughs> A lie from the devil. <coughs> Galatians 4, 7 says, Now we are no longer living like slaves under law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we're His We can access everything the Father has for us. For we are heirs of God through Jesus, the Messiah. How true. The two truths that have a transformative power within our lives is that we are God's children. You are God's child. And God is your Father, a good Father, a loving Father. Father. Choose to believe that today, church. When you begin to view God as your Father, you start to see Him not only as the Creator of the universe, everything that we see, He is the Creator of you and me. And He intimately knows you. In Psalm 139, I love it, in verse 13, it says, You formed my innermost being, you shaped my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvellously breathtaking. And it simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, God. He knows us. He knows us. He didn't just create us and walk away. But He created us and sent His Son to die for us and then left the Holy Spirit to die and raise again. And then He left the Holy Spirit to guide us. God consistently moves towards His children. In the Old Testament, He made covenants with His people, Israel. He forgave them when they rebelled and worked to restore a relationship with them. And then He sent His Son as the ultimate act of restoration. And now in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit who leads us and teaches us and calls us deeper with an intimacy with His, with our Father. 
And it's the amazing thing about the Christian life. There is always more to learn about God. When we think we know it all, but wait, there's more. There's always a new level of intimacy to be reached with our loving Father. And we are constantly being transformed from glory to glory. So let's draw close, church. Let's know our Father. As the heavens are open, let our hearts be open to respond to Him today. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we can all draw close to Him with a veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of Jesus. Isn't that what it's for, church? To let people know about the love of Jesus in our lives. We are being transfigured into His very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. Today, church, we have a loving Father, one who is generous, who is our provider, who shows compassionate love to you and I, one who forgives and restores our identity, one who shows mercy and grace towards us to restore our worth, one who is attentive, who listens and hears, and one who has wisdom, who provides a realignment of thinking. We are not under law, but grace, church. So some of us here today, the challenge is that we might have the view of the prodigal son where we need our, rest, our, we need our identity and worth restored. Maybe we're like the older viewer who views the Father and a re re need a realignment of thinking. Who is our Father? A realignment of a loving Father. And then it doesn't stop there, church. Those qualities that this loving Father has, we can have to show people how much they need God how much that they have a father, that they can be adopted as sons and daughters. It's not just there, but there's more, the next step. So wherever you may be this morning, whatever mindset that you have today, let our hearts be open for God to speak to us, that we can move forward closer to Him.